Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Why, hello there. You found us in the same place we usually are by clicking on your phone. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm just going to jump straight into it. I am super lucky at the moment to have Hayden here to um, for us to get to know him a little bit more and to be inspired, hopefully, by an amazing story he has. Uh, so Hayden, I would love for you to tell us how old you are and what stage of life you feel like you're at. Perfect. Hi, Tegan. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I am... 27 and I guess like a lot of people at the moment because of the whole virus situation <laughs> I'm in a bit of a like chrysalis stage of life yeah um yeah sort of on hold a bit but also trying to hopefully make some good changes so that when we do come out I am a beautiful butterfly <laughs> I can just see it now did you feel like you were kind of coming into that stage anyway and it's just been amplified with the virus or is this literally turned you upside down like did you think that you were a parrot and now you found out you're a butterfly (laughs) (laughs) um I was very much already at a bit of a crossroads so um Ellie and I had just got back from traveling all of last year um and yeah I was starting to think of like big career changes and life changes and all those kind of things but yeah Mm -hmm. it definitely has been sort of um, flipped a bit by <laughs> what's happening. Yeah. And being in the chrysalis, are you finding that enjoy like an enjoyable part of the process or is it uncomfortable or just different? Mostly just different. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like exciting as well. Like it's good that there's not really that much pressure, I guess at the moment, mm-hmm. like normally there would be a lot of like, what are you going to do next? And yeah. what, are you, like, how are you bettering yourself? But at yeah. the moment it's kind of, there's no pressure to look for that next job and yeah. those kind of things, which is freeing up a lot of space for like, yeah, personal and professional development. So, yeah. yeah. Can I ask them just cause I'm reflecting on that of like, even when I find myself in those situations, my mentality still seems to be the same. Like even if I don't have external people being like, Hey Tegan, what are you doing with your life? Like I still play that around in my own head. Like, even when I'm like, I don't actually have to be doing anything. Like, actually, the government has told me to stop doing anything. Like, is it, is it like within your head mostly that you question that? Or is it just externally? I think still in my head, yeah. And I'm changing my mind every other day. Yeah. Every time I'm catching up with people, I'm like, oh, now this is the thing I'm going to be yeah. doing. So, yeah. And do you like that process? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sometimes it's like... Um... I love saying like a course that I'm doing or something and then just putting a new label in front of my name and seeing how people respond to it. It's like almost like trying on different clothes and being like, so I was adventure Tegan then and now I'm librarian Tegan and then I'm going to be sexologist Tegan and it's like, yeah, because we don't have to be one, right? Yeah. I hope not. (laughs) Um, Perfect. And I would love to know what lights you up, Hayden? What like, what gets you excited? Um, On a grand scale, exploring. Uh Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just like all things in that category. So yeah, really enjoy like traveling and just getting out and seeing different things, being really curious, learning lots of stuff. And then, yeah, that comes into, yeah, not just like external big travel stuff, but just chatting with people. And, um, at the moment I'm getting very lit up from my little nephew. Mm. Um, yeah. So Henry is 
kind of to and a bit and he's yeah kind of like a catalyst for that curious exploring like run around at the beach pretend that rocks are giant caves and we're looking for treasure and <laughs> yes. like, yeah it's just really good having that play like back in our lives we get so old don't we and like um oh i've forgotten i had a mind mind fart <laughs> um Oh, I guess I was wondering, is there something that you, like, specifically froth over when you go traveling? Like, is it that you just love, like, finding the biggest tree? Or is it like you like talking to the oldest, wrinkliest man you can find? Is there something that you tend to gravitate towards? I think I'm a little bit a product of, like, Indiana Jones and all of that stuff. And I want to, like, find something new or, like, see something that no one else has seen before. So I love, um, yeah, like, adventurous stuff, like, canyoning and caving where it can feel like maybe no one else has been there before I can always try and jam myself into like the tiniest hole in a cave and be like come on (laughs) this is a new one and then there's a whole pile of gold (laughs) on the other side of this cave I can feel it yeah that's so fun do you just like take it what does Indiana Jones has a hat and that like whip thing yeah do you have either of those? Ah, uh, I wear an Akubra sometimes oh excellent so you just need the whip maybe for Christmas and then you just walk around yeah um that's amazing. Thank you. And I would love to know just one of, I'm sure, your many powerful journeys outdoors in nature that you have had. Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit and Great. talk about... Uh, There's no rules here. You can't cheat. <laughs> a trip that me and Ellie did uh, last year as part of our big round-the-world adventure. Um, we did the Jordan Trail. So it's a hike in Jordan that goes for 650 kilometers from the north to the south. Is it so, like the Jordan Camino? Yeah, the Jordan Camino. Okay, okay, great. But much more like just starting out, not as established as the Camino. So a lot of the trail is um, like it's all just GPS way marked. There's no Ooh. physical thing in a lot of areas. So you're just kind of off in the middle of the desert or hiking over a mountain or And whatever. is there a, like an intention for the trail? Like was it designed for any specific reason? Uh, I guess like Jordan is in a pretty... Um, unique thing that it doesn't have a lot of like exports or whatever else like it's in a part of the world that is known for like oil and all those kind of things but they don't have any of that so tourism is one of their big providers okay um so yeah it's like a new project to try and get people to stay more than three days most people that travel to jordan go and see petra in the desert and then bounce off again so okay yeah okay um yeah tell me tell me more (laughs) Um, yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing journey. So we walked for, um, nearly six weeks, I think from, yeah, all the way up in the North in Umkais to the Southern border with like, um, Saudi Arabia. So is that the longest hike you had ever done? Like, oh uh, yeah, definitely. For okay. Sure. What's the furthest you'd been before that? Do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, with work, without bound, we do 20 K days regularly and yeah. it might be like a 10 day program or something yeah. like that, but um, yeah, this was like above and beyond the furthest I've walked. Like it was just that cycle of like wake up, walk all day, yeah. get to the end of the day, set up camp, go to sleep, wake yep. up, repeat, which <laughs> was amazing. <laughs> it's so simple, but so, yeah, I agree. Um, first of all, what, what spiked your interest about the Jordan Trek specifically? Uh, we wanted a grand adventure okay. and then it was one of those things where once we heard about it, I don't remember the first time we heard about it was like through a friend or something like that. Okay. And then it just became like confirmation bias. Like <laughs> we were trying to decide where in the world this grand adventure would start or be or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, we sort of just kept gravitating to that like off the beaten path and 
everything like that. Um, and yeah, as we heard more about it, it was it just had so many different like facets to it. Like it had, it was the adventure, like we were hiking, mm. but it was also the people there mm-hmm. were like, we'd been told were amazing. And that's what we found on the ground. And mm-hmm. the culture was just incredible. The history, like it's in that like crucible of like, Asia and Africa and Europe Mm. and like where they all cross so there's Mm -hmm. all this different like layers and layers of one day you're just hiking and there's a Roman like amphitheater that you can just wander through yeah and then the next day you're like going through like this Nabataean site and then the next day it's like oh it's a Nabataean site (laughs) the Nabataeans are like the um big kahunas in Jordan so they built Petra and those um yeah they were like really good traders that basically made Petra okay um which is this city in the desert that like shouldn't technically be able to be there but then because it was on that like trading route and they were able to have water and house like a city of you know hundreds of thousands of people then they put a big tariff on it and they said anyone who comes (laughs) through pays xyz and so then the Nabataeans became rich and they were really good at like being friends with all the other civilizations so like in, in Petra on like the famous like the treasury the big facade yeah it's got um carvings and it'll be like Isis like the Greek god uh, yep. sorry the Egyptian god is like on one wall but then like it'll have like some um Roman god on one side and then a Greek god on the other and like they were just kind of like yeah you can have your gods like <laughs> you can do whatever you like as sure. long as you're paying the money like sure so yeah did you have an intention <laughs> for the trail like was it like I hearing that you you guys wanted a grand adventure, and so was it like to, I don't know, you know how when people, whether it was to process something or was it just to go be a kid again and explore a new place, like or to learn something new about yourself? Did you feel like you had an, an intention going into the trail? Was it to connect more with Ellie? Was it like, I don't know. I think, yeah, we didn't really set out with anything in particular like it was just to have that adventure yeah um but yeah obviously spending all day every day for six weeks not like we already have a pretty insane relationship where like from day one we've lived and worked and done everything together but yeah yeah um it was definitely all part of it and how did you find the like you say it is the simplicity of the sun comes up you wake up you pack up you eat you leave, you walk, you stop. Like how, how did that cycle? I mean, cause you're used to it with your job anyway, yeah. with like leading other kids. So it's not like it was a foreign like lifestyle choice for you, but how did it feel doing that? Like f- day after day after day. We sort of became like robots at it almost. <laughs> like we would like roll out of bed and there was just this like perfect routine of like Ellie deflates the mats, Hayden puts the stove on, like Ellie takes the fly off the tent, Hayden folds the poles up, like and our yeah. bag was just always packed the exact same way and yeah. like everything was just like really systematic. But then um, something which was really good that happened was we've been walking for like what three and a half weeks or something and then Ellie's parents actually flew out to meet us. Yep. Um and they hiked a five day section with us and that sort of just like completely changed the game. Like we'd sort of not like taking it for granted, but we were very much like in the like Had your machination of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, when they came, like everything was really novel and like even just the idea of camping and stuff, sure. which even before the trip was mundane to us and then by now it was like we were just really in it. They were like so excited about everything and like even just like setting up camp was really exciting where for us that was just like, oh, that was just something you do. Yeah. Um, and it 
the first night we camped with them was the first night that we had an open fire for cooking. Huh. Um, and like all the other nights, it was just like, well, we've walked 30 Ks, just use the jet boil. Yeah. Like. Just heat something up already. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was really nice to um, sort of have that, yeah, take it back to being excited about it and see their the things that we were not taking for granted, but like, yeah, I love that. Cause it sounds almost like that's what Henry does for you now. It yeah. just like reminds you to have that fresh perspective and like that. Yeah. Everything around you is pretty much a play toy. If you look at it in the right way, did you, so with the three and a half walks, be- three and a half walk, three and a half weeks before Ellie's parents came, did you like, was it physically challenging? Was it mentally challenging? Was it emotionally challenging? Or are you just like, I walk now. Like <laughs> this is all, this is my life. Um, well, yeah, you can kind of pretend that it was all, like, glamorous and lovely, but, like, our first day was just an absolute disaster. <laughs> Why? So, we flew in uh, to Jordan, so it was, like, a, I don't know, like, two-day flight almost by the yeah. time we, like, did all the stops and did everything like that. Um, and then we hitchhiked and bussed and did all the different things to get right up to the northern, like, the Syrian border. Yeah. Um, and even that night, like, we were supposed to stay somewhere and we just like didn't figure it out right we've done months and months of planning and spreadsheets and all this different stuff and we ended up just like camping on the side of the road like yeah. and it was terrifying because yeah. we were just like in this tiny little town and just like literally bes- beside houses on yeah. the road just like wow. in our tent um and then we got up to set out the next day we wanted to get up really early and like go and do it and all this stuff but then we got in touch with one of the guys who was like involved in setting up the trail yeah and so he wanted us to come and have tea and like okay which was amazing but then that like pushed the day back yep. and then we finally set off and um the people in jordan are just like the most incredible people that i've met anywhere in the world like um their hospitality is just like so high for them yeah. um and everything was really genuine like I think because it is so new, the trail, like a lot of people weren't used to seeing like foreigners and especially just walking through the middle of their field or (laughs) whatever. So Top of the morning to you. Yeah. yeah, So the first day we like set out from this town in Christ and it was like a switchback road. We're just walking on the the main road kind of thing. Um, And on every corner of the switchback, there was like a little crew of guys um, doing road work so like okay. prepping the road for the rainy season or whatever they were doing yeah and the first one like we saw them we were excited they were really excited and like, welcome to Jordan like, I think Aww. there must have been like a tourism campaign that's taught them welcome to Jordan because wow, every sure. single person couldn't speak any English or except could they could say welcome, welcome to, to Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> with different inflection and they just go welcome to Jordan welcome to Jordan welcome to Jordan <laughs> there was variety that's how we communicated so we stopped with them and tea is like a huge thing there. They have like a really sweet, like 90% sugar with a mint leaf in it tea. Um, and that's just what they do all day, every day. Wow. So they like whipped up quick little, like tiny fire on the side of the road, like put the kettle on, made a thing of tea yeah. and we like sat with them. We got selfies, like did all this stuff. And it was like really fun, really amazing. And then we went, we left them. Okay, we've got to keep walking. Like we are supposed to be, you know, doing 30Ks today, yeah. and then we get to the next switchback and the same thing, there's a new crew, and they're like, oh, hello, hello, welcome to Jordan, yeah. tea, tea, shy, like, sit down, like, yeah, okay. You can't disappoint the people. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, and then same thing again, next one, next wow. one, next one, and then eventually we're like, oh, we can't, we can't stay, like, oh. and yeah, so that put us back more and more, and then, yeah, it ended up being, uh, we'd set to do, I think it was 30Ks, it was like one of our nearly biggest days, and we set it for like the first day. Plus, we've got, like, 
no idea about what food was going to be available. So we yeah. just bought like every possible thing that we can. We've got like two weeks or more worth of food in our bag. Like, Holy all, moly. All leftovers from Outward Bound, like some freeze dried <laughs> stuff, some like yeah. two minute noodles, like whatever we could get our hands on. Um, so our bags were loaded and yeah. also we had no idea about like wh- what access to water we would have. So I think we each had like eight liters of water or something. So our bags were just like way too heavy. Like yeah. we quickly realized that there was no way we could carry that much stuff every day. Definitely. Um, and then, yeah, we did this like whatever it was, 30K day after like international travel, jet yeah. lag, like this awful sleep on the side of the road. Our bags the heaviest that they could be. Yep. It's just like... What have we gotten ourselves what, what into? Are we doing here? We were literally like, how much further is it? Like we kept just like dragging on over and over. Yeah. And then the last, um, maybe like hundred meters before where we were going to pull up for camp, they have these like shepherd dogs everywhere. Okay. Um, and they're to be honest, like terrifying. <laughs> like <laughs> they're. Just, like, bred to be, like, vicious, like, they're... And to just to guard the sheep? Just, yeah, yep. so everyone, like, they have a lot of just, like, flocks and the, the shepherds are, like, I guess labour is, like, really low, so mm-hmm. um, every flock has a shepherd man, like, full biblical old school style, yep. wanders around with them, like, takes them each day from their farm to wherever they can yeah. find grass and back again. So some of them have, like, ten of these dogs that they have with them for their flock of wow. sheep. yeah. Um, and yeah, they just like go crazy when somebody comes anywhere near them. Yeah. Um, and the farmers usually have like a pretty good handle of them. Like if you shout out like hello or, um, whatever, then they try and call the dogs off. Um, but this, yeah, this like hundred meters from the camp, this pack of them came and it was the second time we'd had like a pack of them came. (laughs) Yeah. It was the second time we'd had like a proper run in with them that day. Um, and Ellie was like crying and, um, the, yeah, these ones, like, came really close. And we've been told by, like, other people that had done the trail and from different research and stuff that you're supposed to um, bend down as if you're picking up a rock because that's, like, how they've sort sure. of been trained. Like, yep. obviously not very nice, but yep. that's how they train the dogs to stop barking is throw rocks, throw at, rocks them. at them. Okay. So you're supposed to, like, pretend to pick up a rock and then that is, like, their signal to, like, back off. Yeah. Um, which we did, but these ones sort of like wheeled around behind us. Cool. And then we were just like, okay, just like forget them. We're like a hundred meters away. And we sort of just like kept walking and they were behind us, like fully like barking and yeah, up and everything. And then, um, yeah, I just got smashed in the back of the car. Like <gasps> just really, uns- uh, like really surprised me. Yeah. And yeah, the dog had just like bitten me on the leg. Um, and then, yeah, they took off and stuff and we sort of just, like, ran down to where the campsite was and, like, hid in the bushes, basically. Holy moly. And so, yeah, we just sort of collapsed and that was the end of this, like, epic first day. And we're just <laughs> like, what the hell have we done? Like, uh, yeah. do we need to go and get, like, a rabies shot on the cancel yeah. the whole thing? Luckily, it didn't, like, break the skin or anything. It okay. gave me, like, a big bruise. But, um, yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, what have we done? And then... It just keeps getting better and yeah, better. Yeah. Then we set up in this little like bushes area, like a kid's cubby kind of thing. Yeah. Like tried to hide <laughs> in there, and um, we could genuinely like barely move. Like you know when you're really sore after a huge yes. workout, you got like, really bad doms, you like can't stand up. Yep. So we were like, 
I think we had and two everything involves a sound. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh. And we set up our tent with like a lot of pain, and then we finally crawled in, and then we just saw like torch lights, uh-huh. and we were like, no, no, no. And then these two guys come over, and they're like shining their torch, and they can't speak very much English, but they're like obviously like pretty angry. Okay. Um, and we were like, oh, like what's happening? And then. Luckily, the guy that we'd met for tea, this turned out to be a great thing. We called him because he was like, you know, if you need to translate or need any help. Um, So then he translated and was talking to the guys and they actually owned a camping reserve, which was like all of 100 metres from where we'd stopped in the bushes. And they were trying to um, say that we needed to come and stay with them and pay them. Okay. Um, And yeah, saying that like where we were wasn't safe. And we were like, "We, we know like we're fine. Like we've got this letter from like, Jordan Tourism, like we're doing yeah. this thing, and they were just like, no, nah, you have to come and stay. And we're like, can we just pay them? Because that, that's obviously sure. what they want. They want the money, and we just don't want to have to pack yeah. down our camp. And they were like, no, nah, you have to come huh. in and stay. We're like, oh. So we had to fully pack down camp, move like all of 100 meters into this, like the exact same thing, but in a fenced off area, <laughs> yep. and pay these guys. And yeah, so bit of a disaster first day, but yeah. Good fun. <laughs> where? How did you decide where you're going to camp every night? Um, so the the trail actually like has had heaps and heaps of work put okay. into it, like the idea of the trail and people have like planned it out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's a really good website that has a lot of the information and you can do it officially as like the Jordan Trail through hike. Okay. Um, they do that like I think once a year or like they'll obviously want to build to do it more and more. Um, and that like you walk just with a day bag and it's like set up and you have a guide and like it's all legit kind of thing okay um so the trail like track note kind of thing on the website is set up like that so it goes like day one is here to here and yeah but sometimes where those days end they can drive a ute in with like everyone's packs and their dinner Ah. and like all that kind of stuff but we would get there and it would just be like on the side of the road and we'd be like this is a weird place for them to have said that the campsite is, and that we've had like no access to water. Because that was or actually food just a pickup point. Because that was just, yeah, that's like how it worked. Yeah. Huh. So that was interesting sometimes <laughs> to pull up like in the middle of a town or like on the edge of like some cliff and be like, oh, this is where they're intending us to camp. For Here we are again. Okay. Yeah. So we did a lot of, um, even when we were planning, we already planned to like link some days or change some days mm-hmm. or whatever. So we did quite a bit of like chopping and changing on the fly and like, yeah. How much planning did you put into the whole trip before you left? Um, this part of the trip, like yep. a lot. Um, so we were planning on traveling for 12 months. Yeah. Um, and this was the first stop of that. Um, so yeah, that was basically like for, I don't know, six months beforehand. Yeah. hope our band doesn't listen to this, but I just was <laughs> like working in the office, but every day just... <laughs> researching researching this trip yeah we were like definitely invested in it and did like a lot Mm. of research um but yeah the rest of the like 12 months post that we were just like doing whatever happened Mm. we thought we'd have some sort of epiphany with you know 40 days of hiking through the desert Mm. to be like what should we do next but we got to the end and had no idea (laughs) wow um and what was some of like do you have any like standout moments of that trail yeah, um, I mean, the whole thing was just yeah. incredible. But, um, yeah, some of the best bits were definitely the people, like interactions with people. Yeah, um, yeah like we had one, um, uh, there's like so many, but one um, 
we were hiking just along this like road in this little country town kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and a guy pulled over in a van and he couldn't speak very much English again, but he was really friendly. And he was offering to like drive us just into the town. Like we were just going to be road walking and yep. this, we got shunned by some of the other through hikers for doing stuff like this, for skipping ahead, but <laughs> just walking on the road. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. so we were like, yeah, no worries. And we jumped in his van. He had like a little, um, his little daughter in the front. And then um, as he's driving, he pulls out like his little like old Nokia brick phone and like throws it back to us. Okay. And uh, on the phone is his, I think like nephew or uh, some relation yeah. to him. And then um, they can speak really good English. So yep. they were like, oh, um, trying to explain what was happening first <laughs> off. Like my uncle's driving you <laughs> to this town. Is that right? Is that where you're trying yeah. to go? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what we want to do. And then um, she was like, oh, well, um, he actually wants you to come back to his house. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I mean, we're like kind of in a hurry. Like we're trying to get somewhere. And um, they're like, no, no, they really insist that we, they can take you to their house. Like, um, why, why don't you come to our house, like where she was? Yeah. Um, and you can like have lunch with us or whatever. And yeah. we're like, we were like, oh, whatever. Like hospitality is what it's all about. So yeah. we, um, we were like, yeah, agreed to that. And they, he drove us to their house um, and then it was, yeah, it was, so, um, Thara was the girl that we ended up being on the phone to and it was like her family home. Um, she was like a 20 year old at, at uni and she was actually oh. studying to be a doctor. So she had to study all in English. So that's why wow. she had such good English. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, her, um, parents were there and they're like all of her other little brothers and sisters and then the uncle and his whole family all lived wow. there as well. And, um, this story is going to jump all over the place but this is reminding me of something else so yeah. all of the um houses they have like a really similar um layout no matter like what sort of like socioeconomic scale it was okay so all of them um you come in and they have like the entrance hall kind of thing like the room that where guests come yeah um and that has like its own bathroom and everything. So like guests never really have to go in and see sure. the home. Like, so you come into that area and it's just like a big open space. Um, and it's like all the way around all the walls is um, like seating or couches or mm-hmm. beds or whatever. Um, and then they bring in like their tea and their trays and stuff. And you usually just like sit on the floor and have all that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that was kind of the same no matter what. So when we would see like the Bedouin who were like the nomadic, um, like all the shepherds and yeah. things like that, they would have these little like shanty towns that are built like they, they're literally like it's still allowed to be nomadic and they can go wherever they want kind of wow. thing. Um, and they'll be made out of like goat leather and yep. all the stuff, like a little shanty town. Um, but you'd go inside, like they'd welcome you in there and it'd be the same. They'd bring you into like the entrance room <laughs> yeah. and like, it would be just like, dirt floor with a carpet on it but then around the edge they've got the same like three mattresses wow. that you sit on and stuff like that um and then if you go into like like sometimes we went into like the house of like a doctor or something like that it was the same like you'd come into the front room but it would have yeah. these like super ornate like couches around <laughs> the outside and yeah. like but it was just like the same vibe either yeah. way and then even when we went like all the way back uh, when we went to petra 
that's like, you know, 2000 years old. And it was the same thing. Like you go in and the, they're just empty rooms, but they, they were designed to oh. like wine and dine all the other merchants. And so they were just like simple, big square rooms that had the couches yeah. around the outside where everyone would sort of sit in like communal space. And that's so fun. Cause we don't really have that. I mean, in Australia, do we? Yeah. Like, I guess it's the same as like how we have like bedrooms and stuff. Like it's mm. something that's just like permeated through, like and it mm. makes like, that's part of our identity. Like pe- a lot of individualism and stuff like that is because yeah. like we have a bedroom when you're a teenager yeah. and that kind of thing. Like it's the same, yeah. like it's just like something that's part of their culture that's ingrained. And I think it's what builds that like idea of hospitality and yeah, why they're so good definitely. at it. Like, yeah. Have you ever read The Alchemist? Yeah. Was it just because even with your stories now, I feel I feel like you are. <laughs> like I was just like, yes. And then did you have tea on the hill and did you polish glass? And, like, <laughs> Yeah. Did it feel a bit surreal? Like, because it sounds almost like your journey was, I don't know, I guess it's the same kind of culture. I love that book. Yeah. It just, yeah. It's like, you're like the Indiana Jones version in The Alchemist. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Did you, did you feel like you learned anything about yourself? Actually, back back to what you're saying, which I really liked was that, you know, when you're on the trail and you're kind of like, you're there to hike and you have all your gear and you're there. And, but then sometimes you're just walking on a road. Right. And so when someone comes and offers you like, Hey, do you want to lift? Like there is that kind of, cause I remember when I was doing the BNT, like sometimes I was such a stickler for like, no, we said we were going to walk. So we're going to walk. Even when people like, Oh, do you want to come and have a cup of tea? Or do you want me to take you to the nearest town or whatever? We would always be like, no, like this is what we're here to do is to walk. (laughs) And I remember after a while it was like, hold on a second. Why are we actually here? And it was to, to have like those different experiences interact with people differently. And it's like, I almost had to like tell my ego to like, calm down. We don't have to walk 25 K's a day. Like, the human interaction was some of the richest experiences that I had. Did you find that as well? Like just that um, balancing act between the two? Yeah, I think we were lucky because we set out from the start. Like we'd, even though we'd done this like months and months of planning and it was like all culminating in this amazing thing, we were like, if we get there and we hate it, like mm. where we can just go somewhere else. Like mm. there's no, there's no, like, Uh, we're not there to like tick the box and say we got to the end or whatever like we went there for the experience and it was like if we weren't enjoying the experience we would do something else and that was the same like anytime we were like oh this section's supposed to just be road walking to the next town and then if somebody was going to give us a lift it was like well yeah the better experience is to meet these new people and see what that like yeah it took me a lot to kind of process that mentally though to like kind of yeah to almost like be gentle. I almost yeah. like sometimes these extreme sports or, you know, you go on an extreme hike or for some people it's very extreme that like I almost had to maintain that level of extremeness all the time. Yeah. And it's like, it's not actually like, who are you trying to impress here? Like you're walking on a road by yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah we did meet like, um, yeah, some like pretty much the only other people we met while we were doing the trail. They were also doing the trail with yes. these four like ultralight hikers from... Oh, yeah. Um, two of them from Australia, one from New Zealand, one from America. Yeah. And they had like, that's what they do. They just yeah. travel the world and do through hikes. So their bags were like, I think eight to 12 <gasps> kilos, like Luxurious. fully Did loaded. they just eat chia seeds all day? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, that, there was definitely like that, I don't know, like that gave me a bit of what you were saying, like made me 
I don't, like the next hotel we got to, I tried to like throw out a bunch of stuff and like get lighter. And Ellie was sure. just like, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> like, that's not what we're doing. Like, yeah. let them do their thing. Yeah. Like we're having our experience. And it was mm. like, oh yeah, like we don't need to. And they were definitely the ones that were real sticklers that were like, oh no, mm. you can't like, you know, if you hitchhike, then you didn't do the Jordan trail yeah. and stuff like that. And it was like, mm, did we like, so. <laughs> I remember once um, we deviated off the BNT to go to Hinchinbrook Island. Yeah. So, like, we walked back out to the ocean and did Hinchinbrook and then walked back in to the trail, which was inland. And I remember one person being like, oh, no, my house is along the BNT, but you didn't come past me, so you didn't do it. And it just being like, I don't know how much you walk every day, buddy, or how much <laughs> yeah. you live outside, but I would still say <laughs> that, like, we did pretty well. <laughs> Of the 1,600 kilometres. Like, sorry, I missed your house. Like, there was no water there. Um, Is there anything you learnt about yourself on that patch of the trail? (sighs) That's very hard. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think just... It wasn't like a any crazy um, alchemist moment of like, I <laughs> can do this or anything like that. Like, mm. I think we've had a lot of those experiences already through like Outward Bound and just like my life journey. Mm. But yeah, it was definitely just like a affirmation of like, this is what I enjoy doing. And mm. um, yeah, just really like to meet new people and have new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that was probably a big takeaway. Do you find yourself like planning the next trip already? Well, old. I know we're not meant to travel anywhere, but like, <laughs> do you? Is there like a trail in your mind that you have? Like, is there a seed being planted? Um, I think it's kind of like excited me more for like more of that, less of the like new hike thing like I'm definitely not like oh, I want to go do the PCT or yep. something like that um, but more just like I want to keep having like unique experiences like it doesn't have to be a big through hike but that sure. that was just one amazing way to yeah. experience something that like it was off the tourist track kind of thing yeah do you have any on the bucket list uh, I'm hopefully supposed to go to Nepal this year with World Challenge. Okay. They're still semi-confident that it's going ahead in okay. November, which I just don't see how it's going to okay. happen. But sure. but that that has been on my list for a big time to go to like proper mountains. Like yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of like have this idea that I'm like a mountaineer, but yeah. I, I haven't been above. Like, I've been to like five thousand five hundred meters yeah. or something like that, and it's like. Yeah. I really, yeah, I want to go and see like proper, proper mountains. So that's yep. like my next big tick box. That sounds amazing. Yeah. What, is there any other place for mountaineering that you'd like to do? So I feel like Nepal's the cliche. Yeah. Obviously, because it's amazing. <laughs> is there anywhere else? Because I feel like the Jordan track is kind of, it's not the PCT, like you said. Yeah. It's not the Camino. It's not the PCT, like these really well-known things. Yeah. Is there any other kind of mountain range that you that piques your interest? <laughs> that piques your interest? <laughs> I think I, I would love to go back to that, just like the Middle East area, like maybe mm. somewhere in Amman or... Um, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I was reading a book while I was on the trail of um, another guy that had walked like from he did like Israel, Jordan, and then the like Sinai Peninsula of Egypt. Um, and yeah, then we almost like traced his steps a little bit, like because we did the Jordan Trail, and then the next place we went was into Sinai, and like he finished on the top of um, 
where Moses is supposed to get the Ten Commandments oh. in the mountains. Oh. my mind. What's that mountain called? Where St. Catherine's Monastery is. Mount Sinai? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I went up there. Um, so, yeah, that kind of area is still cool. Yeah. It's, it's exciting and new and... Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> You've both inspired me. <laughs> I'm just like, I've got to go on an adventure right now. Um, maybe to the backyard or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for sharing just like a little snippet of what would have been an incredible journey and yeah, sharing actually. And just before we leave, like what, why did you pick that story as your powerful journey? Uh, like, what was so powerful about it? It was just an epic adventure. I feel yeah. like we, ha- I haven't actually talked really very much about the outdoors aspect of it. Like, <laughs> That's true. We did. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. We like, we hiked through you, we kind of pictured it was going to just be desert like sand dunes and yeah. stuff like that i don't know it's quite a naive thing even if i'm doing a lot of the research and stuff like but it was actually just such a varied like there were so many different like biomes that we walked through so like mm. up in the north is like um like greek almost like okay. really um like hilly and like lots of like vineyard type stuff and like yeah. that's where a lot of the like shepherds and things were and then um, we went to, like, the Dead Sea in the middle, which is, like, another incredible biome of, yeah. like, being below sea level and, like, yeah. huge – there's a section called the Three Wadis where it's these massive, like, canyons that we were climbing through and you'd go, like, 1,500 metres above sea level down to minus 400 metres back up to 1,500 down to Holy 400, rollies. like, over, like, two or three days, like, just, like, fully up, down, up, down, yeah. up, down. Um, and then uh, after that we went into, like, the mountains and we, like, climbed – like yeah up over through just like proper crazy mountainous type stuff then we came into like petra which was just like a whole world in itself and then the last section from petra down to the coast is just desert that's where it's like the yeah proper like what we were kind of expecting yeah um and that's where they film a lot of like the all of the movies that are supposed to be like in space or on mars and stuff like that it's like just flat red sand with like huge um like sandstone monolith things coming out of it wow. it's like um like there's just like a hundred Uluru's kind of thing like it's just like <laughs> this amazing like land st- just popping out everywhere and wow. like there were some days where it's just like set a bearing and just walk like there's no other features just like oh, sure you just go for a straight line through the yeah. desert and then like come across the next town or whatever yeah. so did it feel surreal sometimes yeah hugely like yeah. Especially, yeah, those desert days. Like, we camped one night under this um, huge sandstone arch that was, like, just from a movie. Like, just the scale of it was just insane. And we just, like, camped at the bottom of it. And it was just, like, a huge, yeah, just arch sticking out of the sand. And are you grateful that you have someone to that you sh- to share that with? Like, is it, do you kind of prompt the memories in each other now? Like, do you remember that big time, like, the time we slept under an arch? Like, Yeah, I think... I don't know, like, I don't know if I would have made it if I didn't have Ellie there, you know? Like, I think I would have just, like, been any time it was hard or whatever, like, your mind can, like, go 100 miles an hour. But, like, having someone else there, it was just like, oh, we're just, like, doing this thing together and we'll just, like, see what happens. So, yeah, it is amazing that we got to do it together and that we now get to have those memories together, so... Oh, that sounds epic. I feel like I just want to go Google Maps it now. Yeah. And just go, like, look at the Google <laughs> Eye view and just, like, have a look down and see it all. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, until next time. I just... Oh, I'm so... Yeah, you guys are very inspiring. I love 
to me that these are quite extreme adventures like it's like to like to do that for weeks on end like it's it's big like there's well, like probably such a small percentage of the population that would ever do that would ever even have the ability to do that or mm. you know we're so fortunate but then also to take up that opportunity and to put themselves in that environment like it's not easy like you said it takes you two days just to get to a place well I mean we still get to use aeroplanes and not like yeah there. <laughs> but like you know like it's to have that kind of experience takes time and intention and money and and that you guys did that and then seem to really sap all of it out like you really seem to like juice it for all it's worth which is really amazing so such a good reminder for me to like think outside my little comfort zone sometimes and like learn more about myself so hopefully hopefully the viewers out there the (laughs) listeners will also be as inspired um and until hopefully yeah you guys out there if you're listening to this you're coming up and dreaming up some ideas of when when the borders open and when when we can fly around and if you're lucky enough to have that ability to kind of take the opportunity to think of an adventure that you would love to do or a way you would love to explore and give yourself permission to actually go do it. So, cause it's meant to be fun, right? We're meant to be like little, we're just little kids in big people bodies. So let's all just like run around and have some fun. Um, but until next time, uh, have a great day, morning, night. Bye. <laughs>